Welcome to the Senior Soup Podcast. My name is Raquel Meisset. And I'm Ryan Miner. We have a very special soup of the day focusing on hospital case management. And the goal of today's podcast is to really educate our audience on what to expect during an inpatient hospital stay, anywhere from time of arrival, time of discharge, and really post-discharge too. We feel so honored to have our special guest to spotlight today, Margie Hackett from Suburban Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland. And Margie is a manager of transitional care and population health. Hi, Margie. Hi, how are you, Raquel? Thank you for having me and Ryan. Where we want to start is what is a case management team? Can you break that down, explain the roles and really what you guys do here? We're like other hospitals in a case management team. There's three main parts to case management inside a hospital. First part would be discharge planning. That's what most people know about. Um, they do an assessment, uh, screening and assessment when people arrive. You know, What kind of needs do they have at home? How are they managing at home? Who do they live with? What's their insurance? And a whole lot more. So they learn that about them and look at the big picture of what's happening in the hospital for you know their health. How are their labs? Are they recovering fast from their illness? They're looking at all of those pieces to help plan what is this person going to need after discharge, if anything, right? And where are they going to have to go if they need some extra help? And then there's a piece related to case management related to utilization management. So utilization usually refers to cost of health care services. They evaluate what this person needs. Is their insurance going to cover? What kind of document? does the insurance need. They uh, communicate with the insurance company. They also communicate with the physicians. They might help They might help get authorizations to place in a facility after the hospital if that's what they need, or they'll help with transfers to other hospitals, home health, that sort of thing. Then the third part would be transitional care and population health. No longer are we just responsible for patients and their care and their health in the hospital. We're also tasked with helping them in the community. Transitional care, population health, is trying to help the person in the home manage in, in the home. Do they need some self-management techniques on how to manage their chronic condition. Do they need help getting their medications? Those are the three main parts. There's other case managers as well, though. The social workers can do discharge planning, but they can also do counseling. They can do placement for behavioral health situations. There's a lot of pieces to case management. It's more than just, here's the case and let me manage it. Lots of different parts to it. Talk us through who comprises a hospital case management team. What are all the working parts and components? So it makes me go back to the three parts, case management, discharge planning, case management utilization review, and then case management transitional care. We all do different parts for that patient. You think about a person coming into the hospital, let's say they have a problem with congestive heart failure. What does that look like? How did they demonstrate their symptoms? Do they need to stay here one day, two days, three days? Are they recovering? Do they need more time to, you know, more labs, something changed, they got a fever, so no, nobody ever just has one problem when they come in the hospital. Case management teams are involved in all parts of their stay. Just having gone through the Americredited Case Management Program myself uh, with the ACMA, that one of their phrases, and I wrote it down so I didn't forget, plan for the day, plan for the stay, and plan for the way. Oh. So every day you need to look at what is happening today. And you want to also plan for the whole stay. What do we anticipate? We anticipate a discharge date in three days, let's say. It could be anything. And if it has to be adjusted, then they'll extend it. Or if they feel better and their symptoms are better, they can leave the hospital earlier. And then the last one is plan for the way. They're way outside. They're way outside the hospital. Patients come in the hospital. What are their expectations for what they think they need in the hospital? Is it, well, I don't feel good. You need to keep me till I feel better. Well, let's investigate what it is, right? It's way more than that. A lot of people come to the hospital thinking that they need to stay here, but sometimes it's really something that can be managed in the community. We have to really be careful about having people in the hospital who really can be managed in the community. If we're taking up beds for those reasons, then we don't have beds for the people who have to have hospital level of care. If somebody comes in the hospital, 
hospital and it can be treated very quickly in the hospital in the emergency department or one day in the hospital, they're going to go home. We're going to ask them to reconnect with their primary care doctor or the specialist and get that care they need in the home. People need to learn how to manage themselves. There's a lot of people out there to help guide them with their care in, after the hospital or even avoiding the hospital in the first place. Common topic and a common goal is to make sure they have a safe discharge so they can continue to thrive at home. Can you talk to us about what a safe discharge looks like? Maybe what are some challenges when getting discharged? Sure. A safe discharge, yes, that is the goal for case management, that when people leave the hospital, they're going to go to a safe place or be safe in that place. What does that look like? Well, safety means they have somebody, a willing, able, and available caregiver. Could be a daughter, could be a, a spouse, could be a mother, whatever it is, whoever that person is. What kind of help do they need? Might need just a minor help. Might be somebody just to check. They have groceries in their refrigerator. Do they have um, what they need? from somebody to make a quick trip to the store for them. To be safe, you have to have be able to walk. Can you walk from your bedroom to your bathroom? Can you walk from your front door to your bedroom? If you cannot, maybe you need to have some services in the home to help you. Maybe you need a private duty aid. Maybe you need somebody to stay with you at night because you're up at night and you wander. Oh my gosh, I could go so far and anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so many different directions with this. Your focus here at Suburban Hospital is specifically transition care. Can you walk us through what that means and what that entails? Care transition is a time of when there is great discourse sometimes between what the one provider said and then they get to the next providers. Let's say um, they're in the hospital and they transition from the hospital to the home. We have all the physician work in the hospital, all the discharge instructions. They need to connect within a week with their provider in the community. So that transition, that time of transition to the community connecting with their primary care doctor is important so that that primary care doctor knows what happened in the hospital, they see the patient, they see them face to face, they review the instructions, and they see is this going to work in the community for the person because that primary care doctor really should know the patient and the community, what they're, how they're managing. But there's so many other transitions. Transition from the hospital to home health would be a transition. Transition from the hospital to a skilled nursing facility is another. And then there's another one after that because Skilled nursing facility is short term. Patients have a transfer from skilled nursing facility to the home or to the home with home health. Each grouping, each place where they have their care has a different provider often in charge. The transitional care is the right message getting to the next level of care to be able to pick up that care and continue on. It's called a lower level of care, where a hospital is a higher level of care. And as you get out to the community, the nurse, skilled nurse facility is a lower level. Home health is a lower level. Being in the home is lower level, meaning you have lay people helping you in the home. You connect people to the next level of care and make sure that they leave hopefully happier and healthier and to ensure that the continuum of care, which I love that phrase, we love talking about yeah. that, works, that it functions, that everything that you imagine with our current healthcare system is working as it is supposed to. Agree. Continuum of care for sure. And people need to realize that they need to figure out how to take care of themselves in a lot of ways. There's a lot of support out there to help them, but it really comes down to you. How are you doing to take care of yourself? People can tell you tons and tons of stuff, but you're not absorbing it. If you're not taking it to heart, if you're not maybe making some adjustments that need to be made, you're going to be right back where you were before. It's a really tough situation to be in. Raquel tells me things every day, and I, I really try to remember them. <coughs> she reminds me all the time of things. I'm big on notes. I take notes for you, everything. <laughs> she would have a note for a year ago, what you were doing at what time, and it would be accurate. And she would find it? That's my problem. I, I might not find it. Well, <laughs> she would definitely find it, unlike me who can't find things. Receipts. You need receipts. You need receipts. <laughs> so Margie, you, you kind of answered um, a question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask, you know, how you guys really serve as advocates for these patients, but 
you kind of already answered that because the thought process that goes through my head is a hospital visit can be a very scary experience for anybody, let alone seniors and more aging adults. I think it's great that it sounds like you guys really set them up to not only continue to thrive when they leave the hospital, but to continue to thrive when they're in home with non-medical intervention, with medical intervention, anything that they need out there. It's important for them to know that they have a team in place that will help connect the dots. And I think that can be a challenge sometimes. They should look at it like a team. Their primary care physician is a team. Their other specialists are the team. The nurses in those offices are part of their team. But they also need to include their family. If they have a private case manager, that person is on their team. Because there's also, we didn't even talk about this part of case management, is in the community. We don't have that here at Suburban, but there's community case managers all the time. Um, a lot of physician practices have case managers embedded in their offices to help patients navigate through care issues not related to the hospital. And then there's private case managers, also social work nurses and lay people doing case management to help with medication management or just how to find the right place to live you know how do you know what kind of care you might need or what kind of senior living building you might want to be in maybe you want to be in independent care and you really are best suited for assisted living care so there's a lot of different kinds of case management out there that is so true working in health care and formerly home care now in mobile primary care with a noble care when I worked in a position like Raquel although Raquel she owns her own agency I'm not a senior care. You have to eventually. <laughs> I remember the scariest part of someone discharging out of a hospital or even a skilled nursing facility is not having enough information to make sure that the patient thrives post-discharge. And I just remember one particular discharge that was scary. Somebody was coming out of a skilled nursing facility. The person did not have any family close by. He was 92 years old. They walked him out, they gave him his bag of clothing, and they gave them the medication list with a medication bag. No kidding, was pretty heavy. And they said, okay, let us know if you have any questions. For me, not being a clinical person, not having a nursing background, that scared me. I felt so uneasy. I mean, what do you think about that? It's not ideal. <clears throat> There's, that's for sure it's not ideal. Most times when people leave skilled nursing facilities, they do. They come out with a big bag of medicines because they've already paid for them, so they give them what was left over from the facility with the list. The medicine names are different than they will get from their pharmacist at the, you know, the local pharmacy. They don't know how to uh, reconcile those two things. Most skilled nursing facilities are sending patients home with home health so that the home health agency will help be that bridge. A lot of the hospitals are trying to also put in transitional care programs from the SNF Guild Nursing Facility to uh, the home health. So Suburban's not gotten to that part yet. A lot of the hospitals are doing that bridge as well. That is really scary. You think, I don't know why he didn't get assigned to home health. Maybe he refused home health, right? He could be somebody who doesn't want him in his house. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy, right? The hospital might recommend, or the skilled nurse facility might recommend, say, let's just say home health, both of them. And the patient might go, I don't want anybody in my home. Or I only want that person who came the last time. Well, you can't guarantee the person you had the last time. I don't want a nurse. I just want PT. So you don't get to choose what you want necessarily. You have to accept what is recommended and what's covered by your insurance company. Somebody who has no insurance, how do they manage these things is really scary. That's a whole other podcast where mm -hmm. I think we could invoke county resources, state resources. Yeah. Raquel and I deal with that a lot. We try to help people. And that's the goal of this podcast. Well, yeah, to be a good resource and be able to let people know what's out there. You don't know what you don't know. We talked about the safe discharge plan. We're in a hospital, you're in a hospital, you have these 
problems. You're getting better. You can tell you're getting better. Somebody, maybe you, maybe your family, maybe the doctor, maybe the nurse, maybe the case manager is worried about you managing at home alone. You don't have anybody lives with you. Maybe you'll bring somebody in, but it still might not be enough to have somebody private duty in the home. You might need some extra help. So if they're recommending something that you're not interested in, such as a skilled nursing facility, well, how do you manage that? I'm here to encourage you to please accept the recommendation of the healthcare team. They really do know what you're capable of. If you don't qualify for a skilled nurse facility, you won't go there. You're only going to go if you qualify and if you have that physical need. That will help you get stronger, faster to go home to your own life in your own home after that. If you're determined to say, I'm not going to go to a skilled nurse facility, I only want to go home, they can put some other things in place, but they might not get you back to your pre-physical condition and ability if you don't take the full recommendations of the hospital. So really put some thought into it before you say no if somebody's recommended things. And along that line, if you don't have the money for it or you don't have the insurance coverage for something, sometimes just saying, I still want to do it, people will go and look for ways to cover it for you. There is charity care. There is some benefits for some services. But if you just say no, then nobody knows that you're saying no because of money. If no is because of the money reason, say, I'd really like to do it, but I don't know how I'd pay for it. Case managers will help you figure that out. It's amazing if you really think about it. These hospitals, Suburban Hospital and many others, have put a power team in place to really help support people and make sure that they are continuing to thrive and not alone in this. You guys are the experts. You guys help educate them on their options. I, for one, definitely did not know all of these resources we had prior to getting into this industries. It's really amazing and we should all feel very grateful for what the system has put in place now. I think we've come a long way. I think so too. I do as well, for sure. I'm going to add some more. I told you this is going to be longer. We love it. Keep it coming. We love it. Nobody ever thinks they need the hospital. So how can you plan for a hospital stay? Take care of yourself, all that good stuff, right? Eat in moderation. Take your medication. See your doctor. Have a relationship with your doctor. Go regularly. If you have a problem or question, call. Don't wait. But also be an advocate for yourself. If you're starting to struggle and you don't know where to turn, I would go online. Look up local chamber of commerces. Look up your local government. Montgomery County has so many resources available and some of them are free. Some of them are low cost. Some of them are based on your income. So don't let that sort of stuff stop you from investigating and looking out and seeking help. There's lots of mental health resources in our area and in a lot of areas, not just this area. But don't sit at home and struggle when there really might be somebody out there who can help you. I'm glad you brought that up because the goal of our Senior Sue media and advocacy organization is to aggregate all of these resources resources into one place to help people easily find them in the DMV area, especially our aging population. Our thought pattern was, how can we get people information as quickly as possible where they don't have to go out and search and search and search? And on top of that, they can hear from experts like yourself. Margie, you've been here for 30 years or more. Can you add an applause in here? Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, it's been a long time. I do want to give Suburban Hospital a lot of kudos here. I mean, can we talk about how you guys make us feel in this hospital. It's like that saying, people won't remember what you did exactly, but they will remember how you make them feel. When you walk into Suburban Hospital, Freddie at the front, oh my gosh. I'll tell you right now, (laughs) I've never walked into a hospital where someone makes you feel so welcome. The customer service is on point. How can the community at large financially support hospitals? It takes a lot of money. We want to know how to support you and your team here at Suburban. We get money from insurance companies, right? We get money from the state. The special extra programs that are not necessarily built into the 
budget, that would be something that would help all hospitals. We all want to do special projects. You know, the agencies that want to help the patients in the community, the residents in the community, because you're not a patient in the community, you're a person, you're a resident. And how do we help those people is getting more education to them or more initiatives to help them when they need it. For example, every hospital has a foundation. They're all collecting money, and the money goes towards special projects or special education of their staffing. We have a fund that helps pay for education of the nursing department. So when a nurse wants to go to a conference or something, we have money that pays for that. We have money that we use for special programs. We have um, an initiative with a couple of private duty home health agencies. We're always brainstorming. You guys are brainstorming as well. You know, how can you help the hospitals? What can we do to work together to help this population? There's a gap. We've identified a gap. How can we help them? It usually is not going to come from hospital funds. It's not going to come from an insurance company. It's going to come from private citizens who make donations to the hospital. So Suburban has that department. All the other hospitals as well have a fundraising department. Pull out the checkbook. Go write a check. It doesn't have to be for a lot. It's however much you can afford at this time and support your local hospital system because they are constantly supporting us 24-7, 365. When we think of the word community, the hospital is at the center of it. Hey, Raquel, it's a special week. It is. Happy National Case Management Week. Thank you. We got you a million dollars. Oh, that's exciting. I'll just give it back to the Hospital Foundation. Well, you should probably keep it. (laughs) I I think Suburban, after your tenure here, I think that they would be okay with you. You think so? Uh, What happened to the golden tickets, you know, and the chocolate bars? The giant checks? Oh, I'd like those. Okay, one more thing I want to add to something I said earlier. What can we do to help people prepare? Okay, I mentioned that people don't expect to come to the hospital. You're never really prepared. If you might possibly need a skilled nurse facility, go visit some nursing facilities. Get to know them. Be comfortable around them. Don't be scared walking in. They're really nice, happy places to be. And if you don't have a good um, vibe about one, well, then go to another one. But go in and meet the people. Have lunch there. I mean, they, they want to show you what they can do for residents, which is awesome. Also, get to know home health agencies. Go out to some of these health fairs. Find out different resources available for you. The home health agencies really want to talk. They're there to help you as well. So just get out there and don't, don't stay in a little hole. Get out there and find out what's around your area, and then you'll be ready. So, Margie, we've covered so many great things. If we were to give our audience three key takeaways, what would you want them to take away from this podcast? Have a relationship with your primary care doctor. See them regularly. Take their recommendations. If you're struggling with the recommendations, talk to them about it. Get some advice because, you know, their goal is to make you happy and healthy. So don't avoid them. If you feel badly and have some struggles in between before your next visit, he says you don't have to come back for a year, but you have trouble in month four, Don't wait that six months. Don't even wait two weeks. Call your doctor. Trust the case management team. Be an advocate for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Ask questions. Trust that they're going to try to put the best plan in place for you based on your particular situation. Keep asking questions so you can understand it. Open your checkbooks. (laughs) Opening checkbooks. Open your checkbooks and consider a donation that will go to the Hospital Foundation, they will in turn push an initiative out and support our community. Well, thank you so much, Margie. I love that we really touched on how to prepare ahead of time, educate ourselves to really feel empowered to make these decisions, to continue to thrive as we age gracefully, of course. On that note, I think that's a wrap, right, Ryan? We had fun today. This was great. We have to lighten it up a bit because talking about hospitals is not always the most enticing subject. You made it fun, Margie. You're always a blast. We love seeing you out. And you came to our Senior Soup launch party, and we have a little gift for you. We sure do. Isn't it that million-dollar check you mentioned earlier? Of course. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much again. You get Margie. You get to work with her 
at Suburban Hospital. Smile. Say hi. She's the best. She is the best. Thank you. That's it for today. Have a great day. And thanks for having me on, you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Senior Soup Podcast. Visit theseniorsoup.com to listen to all the latest episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at contact at theseniorsoup.com. The Senior Soup Podcast is on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeart, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn, and most other podcast directories. Alexa, play the Senior Soup Podcast on Spotify. That's right. You can listen to the Senior Soup Podcast on any Amazon Alexa device. Raquel and I will catch you next time. Be well and take care of one another.